Hello everyone, we are Roxana and Melissa from Ardian Education. Welcome to the first episode of our Doing with Vision podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Next week on September 13th, we celebrate the International Programmers Day. So today we're going to discuss programming and coding in education with our special guest. He will also talk about interesting Arduino project he has created to inspire teachers. Yeah, that would be great. But Melissa, did you know that the Day of the Programmer is celebrated on the 256th day of each year? Oh, yeah. And this number, 256 or 2 to the 8 power, was chosen because it is the number of distinct values that can be represented with a byte, a value well known to programmers. So congratulations to all the programmers around the world and thank for the hard work and positive changes they make to improve our lives. But now it's time to welcome our guest. Our guest is a passionate educational technologies advocate who specializes in bringing technology concepts to teachers and educators around the world. With a focus in robotics, programming and electronics, he works to educate teachers on the benefits with which technology can be embedded into their daily classroom activities. From Australia, welcome Dr. Damien Key. Hello, Damien. Hello. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to this. Nice. Thanks for joining. Thank you. So before we start our discussion, we would like to ask you a few short questions for our Eduvision Friends book. So Damien, what makes you feel inspired? Uh, just seeing the world around me and, you know, trying to come up with projects and ideas that puts a smile on people's faces, that makes their lives a little bit easier, you know, just, just helping out. So, uh, yeah, my inspiration, I just kind of draw from everyday people all around us. Oh, nice. Do you have any specific people or books or other resources that have been particularly influential for you? Um, look, I love the Adafruits stuff, everything that comes mm. out of Adafruits, every variation they come up with, all their sensors, all that sort of stuff. I love the Adafruit blog where ideas and people submit just the craziest things come through. So <laughs> my one you know, recommendation for everyone is just to have a look at that. If you're looking for ideas, that's just a great place to start. Yeah, nice recommendation too. So the, what's one uh, thing that you wish you know when you began with your career? So I guess the one thing that I really you know, wish I knew is that this stuff is out there. Like when I was mm -hmm. first starting out as either a teacher or as an engineer, that there are these little electronic -y things everywhere and it's not hard to get your hands on them and it's not hard to just tinker and it's okay to tinker and it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to make crazy projects that don't benefit anything. So, you know, that's the one thing I wish I, I did more of, just tinkering and playing around with. Yeah, just trying out. That's yeah, exactly. Afraid. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Is there some common myth about your profession or field that you would like to set straight? Um, I think the common you know, myth is that it's difficult. And I won't say that it's easy, but with just a little bit of thinking and a little bit of planning, it's amazing what we can create with some amazing tools like the Arduino stuff and electronics putting it together. It, to outside people, it may look complicated, but at the end of the day, mm -hmm. it's it's a series of blocks that we put together and a bit of code that we write. So that's you know that's something that I'd like people to to wrap their head around that it, it's not as difficult as you think it might be. Yeah, that is good because there is this thought about that it's so hard. So yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. Exactly. And uh, last but not least, tell us something interesting about yourself. Most people don't know. So I'm well known for my robotics, uh, any sort of educational robotic system I've dabbled in. Um, but something that people don't really know about me, I, I play violin. 
Um, I played <gasps> violin for the last 30 years on and off. Wow. None of it's professional, but in a community orchestra, classical music. Uh, my family, my wife is very involved with mu musical theatre. So we've got our local theatre group. And when I can, I play down in the orchestra pit for, you know, common musicals. So when I'm not doing Cody electronic -y stuff, my artistic outlet is my violin. Oh, that's, nice. so, that's so cool. Mm. <laughs> nice. I would say that sounds also hard. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of practice, and, yeah. and that's not a myth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true. Yeah. We all know programming has been in schools for a while. It's not a new thing. But how do you think it has evolved during these years? One of the big things where it's evolved is in teacher support. So 20 years ago, when people were learning coding, they were learning from um, teachers that were originally in the IT field and had moved across to become you know, teachers. And it was a very specialized knowledge, not only on how to program, but how to teach programming. The big thing we've seen in the last 10 years is the increase in resources, both in print resources and web resources, but also too in professional development to teach teachers how to teach programming. Because it's very important, it's, it's no point, you know, having teachers that can program if they can't teach how to program. So yeah, definitely over the last 10 years is that support for teachers to be able to, to teach that. We, we find too that, I mean, I'm passionate about programming. I love engineering, I love tinkering, but a lot of our teachers aren't that passionate and that's okay. They, they are, you know, they are thinking about history, they're thinking about science and programming is only a small part of what they do day to day. And the more we can support those teachers to show them that this stuff is is not too difficult, the, the better off we're going to see the, the next generation of programmers coming through. Yeah, that's that's actually interesting. I in my master thesis, I was studying a bit of that how to support them to be able to teach programming, even if they're not programmers themselves. So exactly, yes. and and we need more of that sort of stuff because yeah. you know teachers aren't. We can't expect teachers to be expert programmers, no. but we do want them to be able to teach our our kids really well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So about this, like how programming has evolved. Uh, I remember when I was in high school or something, we had this computer science class and our teacher was teaching us Pascal or like that. And it yep. was so hard and I didn't, under I didn't understand how this going to be useful for me one day. So maybe that was a lack of context or I don't know. But then how, what would you, would you say teachers that they know the impact of programming that could have on their on their curriculum on their lessons yeah look when we teach programming it's it's often comes down to kind of two things do you teach programming or do you teach the ideas of programming and i'm hmm. very much in that second camp that it's about the ideas of programming look i'm not going to you know think for a minute that every single kid that i teach is going to go on and become a software engineer that's just ridiculous everyone's got their own passions and their their own things that they're interested in but i firmly believe learning how to program teaches these ideas of computational thinking where it's about solving problems and you know it's just another tool in their toolkit that if we can teach them how to program they can look at different problems not just software problems but any problem that they come across in life and they can learn you know how do we solve things in software engineering and problem decomposition isolation all those sorts of things and can we you know use those approaches to everything that happens in life so i think you know one of the things that we're, we're getting much better at is as teachers is showing kids that it's not about becoming software engineers. It's about a way of thinking and coding is a great way of teaching that way of thinking. 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you can. A lot of people say that, no, I don't understand anything about programming. But then if you start thinking about it, like there are a lot of things that you just do daily. You can break your daily routines to smaller parts. And that's also the similar kind of yeah. way of thinking. Yeah, that, that's exactly what we do. We, we do with programming and ideas of abstraction, like getting rid of all the useless information is great for programming, but it's also great for a bunch of other problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, pattern recognition, modeling, all those things are can be used in a variety of different ways. And, and that's what we need to show kids. It's not about programming. It's about the skills you learn to be able to program. Yeah, that, that's an interesting approach yeah. because sometimes when you ask teachers or students, let's program this or let's uh, learn about programming, they say, why? I don't want to be an engineer. Or So yeah. I think and there's a Yeah, so I like vision. to kind of flip it a little bit where it's yeah. we're not going to learn about programming. It's like, all right, we're going to solve a problem today. Oh, mm-hmm. we need to know a little bit of programming to be able to solve our problem. And mm-hmm. just by flipping it, and so it's not about the programming, it's about solving the problem in which we need to have a little bit of programming knowledge to be able to solve the problem. So the end goal is the problem. The end goal is not learning the programming. So I think that's a it's a nice way to to kind of bring those kids in that are not mm-hmm. so keen on programming. It's not about the programming, it's about solving problems. Yeah. Yeah, this is just a tool that you're using to solve the problem. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that flip. Uh, I think that's already one tip for teachers, but then others, like, how can teachers bring programming into their curriculum if they're not programming teachers themselves? Yeah, look, we really need to just look and see what you're doing in class. So mm-hmm. perhaps we need to just start integrating with a bunch of other, you know, subjects that you're doing. I'm a big believer in what we call rich tasks or, you know, multi-level um, projects. So one of the examples I often give is, you know, if we've got these kids that are really interested in horses, we design an automated horse barn, which has doors that open and close at set times that controls the thermostat to keep them, you know, nice and comfortable. And so we're really drawing on what the kids are already passionate about and then weaving in some some electronics and programming um, to, to help them realize the things that they want to create. You know, this kid's interested in horses. Well, let's show them how we can use programming to further their interest in horses. So very much about wrapping a context around it. Look, trying to teach kids how to program with no end goal is hard. Like it's programming can be quite dry and quite, quite boring if there's no reason for it. Mm-hmm. So as teachers, we're always trying to find ways to wrap different contexts around things to, to give it a little bit more relevance to the kids. Yeah, to find your own interest then from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's also mm-hmm. that's also a good approach. But then we were discussing about about the conceptions that are out there about programming. And one of them, too, is like, oh, no, this is maybe could even scary or it's so hard. Why is it so hard to learn programming? Why people say, oh, no, programming? They want to stay out of that. Look, pro- programming, when you dive into the really deep stuff, yeah, it can be really complicated. But there's no reason why getting started should be complicated. There are plenty of tools around there that allow us to teach at a very, not just young, you know, physical age, but people that haven't done, you know, older generations that haven't done programming before. There are so many resources out there just to get them started into this idea of computational thinking and programming. There's been a huge development in graphical programming languages, Blockly, mm-hmm. Scratch, all those sorts of things. Um, you can even program Arduinos with, you know, block-based coding. Mm-hmm. And that's a great way to introduce people to the ideas of coding without having to worry about getting your brackets right, remembering your semicolon at the end of every line and all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I understand why people kind of look at it all and it goes, oh, it looks a little bit tough. But the resources we're coming up with are making it easier and easier. Uh, the, the flip side is, you know, programming is a language just like French or Japanese or Chinese or Russian or anything mm-hmm. like that. 
you, you learn the syntax, you learn how it all goes together and it's a way of communicating just in what your, your first language. Yeah, it requires some work, of course, like <laughs> we're not going to master Chinese in one day. So, of course, exactly. we need to, yeah. It requires some pra effort, yeah, for sure. <laughs> practice and but learn. We can master, but we can master saying hello, saying goodbye, mm -hmm. asking please and pointing me to the direction of the bus stop in yeah. one or two days. And yeah, that's, definitely. you know, just having those little wins is a great place to start. You already mentioned some of the things that people can maybe start with, for example, using plug programming, but is there something else that you would like to share how to help break down the barriers, how to get started? Yeah. So did you want to see a couple of my little uh, projects that I put together? Yeah. Sure. Yep. All right. So I've kind of thrown together um, four little mini projects that this is what I often teach when I go out to schools and work with kids. And the idea behind this is that we keep them nice and simple. Um, a lot of times I see teachers that are trying to kind of take on a little bit too much and projects tend to fall over. So one of my favorites is always just doing sound and lights. And so what I've got here is just an Arduino, a bunch of LEDs, a little push mm -hmm. button and a speaker, like very, very simple stuff. There's, you know, a couple of dozen components, a dozen wires in there, nothing terribly complicated. But when you press the button, So that's just coming through as, you know, jingle bells. And there's, you know, 20 or 30 lines of code there, not a huge amount. And it's something that kids can achieve in one or two lessons. And the nice thing is once they have that, once you can flash lights, once you can play a song, and once you can press a button and read that input, you know, this is now a Christmas ornament. This is now a doorbell. This is now a greeting card. This is now something to attach to your racing car to do room room noises and all that sort of stuff. Once you've got the basics, you just kind of expand out from there. So that's my first one. Nothing fancy at all. Everything that's in there is in the Arduino starter kit as well. So yeah. there's there's nothing, you know, that you don't need complicated pro, um, mm. components or anything yeah. To, yeah. to make that work. Dr. Damien Key just presented one of his Arduino starter projects. To build these projects with your students, you will only need an Arduino education starter kit or a student kit. If you want to see the project and hear more about the three Arduino projects Damien created, traffic lights, garage door, and automated hand, watch our live stream Edivision Season 4, Episode 1, Having Fun with Programming. New Edivision podcast every week and a live stream on Thursdays on Arduino social media channels. Find more information, all the links, tutorials, and products from Arduino Education website, arduino.cc education. Now, let's get back to talking about programming and education with Dr. Damien Key, a technology education expert. You already mentioned that you're inspired from the world around you and the people around you. You see people getting happy or make, uh, solving their problems. But where do you get the ideas for these projects? Is it also the world around you? Yeah, I, it, it's the, it literally is the world around me, yeah. um, you know, making sure my garage door opens and closes. Um, you know, you I where I drive every day, I see traffic lights. And, you know, as you know, an engineer programmer, I'm often just running through my head. I wonder which one's going to turn next and yeah. trying to think through what's, <laughs> what order it is. And then it's like, oh, could I do a better job? What happens if I made this one go first? And so, yeah, ideas are just what I look around and, mm -hmm. you know, you see a need, you feel a need. Basically... We're, we're, we're teaching our kids to make the world a better place. And that might be really big projects. It might be little tiny projects just to help, you know, your grandma open and close the, the rubbish bin. 
anything like mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. is really worthwhile. And it's important too for kids to see that the things they are making are making a difference. Yeah. They're not, especially from an education point of view, we don't want kids to be creating projects just for a mark, just for a grade. We want them mm-hmm. to be thinking, I'm creating this because someone's going to get some use out of it. We don't yeah. want them to feel like, oh, once I finish this, the teacher marks it and throws it away. We want them to think that, yeah, no, you know, with a bit of work, I can turn this into a thing. And it can also, like you said, maybe the teacher can have a set of ideas, but rather to let the students to come with the problem. Like if they find some kind of uh, issue in their everyday life that they would like to solve, let's yeah. start from there. So so my four basic projects there will introduce kids to LEDs, to speakers, to push buttons, to potentiometers and to servos. And with just those basic components and some arts and crafty stuff, you can make an amazing range of things. And you'd be surprised at the kind of things that kids come up with um, that as teachers, you just don't even think of. No. Yeah, that's true. We sometimes have a, like a teacher that she was going to start a course with the students. And she said, I'm, I'm really sorry to say this, but they don't know anything. And I'm afraid because they don't learn anything. And she was so afraid to teach them. And then at the end of the course, she was so happy because they yep. ended up doing great projects. So yeah. sometimes yeah. it's like the teachers, right? That are afraid, not the students. Yeah. And as teachers, we don't expect the teachers to know everything. What we do yeah. want, though, is the teachers to be able to know where to find the information. We have an amazing That's range true. of expertise out in the world. And as a teacher, you need to be comfortable saying to the kids, look, I don't know the answer to your question, but mm. I'm going to go and find out from someone who does know the answer. And so, you know, we can tap into all this amazing resources, uh, you know, knowledge that's out there and just giving the, the teachers the confidence to, to jump into things, like you say, that they are not comfortable with, but they know the kids are going to get a lot out of. Yeah, I think that's very important because I don't know, or maybe teachers have this pressure that we, or like students, look at them at this figure that knows everything. So when yep. your student asks you something about this that you don't know, maybe you don't feel comfortable to say, look, I don't know. But yeah. you are supposed to be the teacher. You're supposed to know everything. But now also, maybe now that the learning style is not that, that it's not like that anymore. Now, like it's about the students also find the ways to solve a problem, not only depend on the teacher. Yeah, there's a really nice uh, quote that's gone around and I can't remember who actually coined it. But this idea that in the past, education was very much what we call the sage on the stage. The mm-hmm. sage being the expert who stands up the front and just pours out all the knowledge and the kids soak up all the knowledge. We no longer have the sage on the stage. We have what's called the guide on the side. Someone who doesn't have all the knowledge but knows where to find it and it guides the students in terms of finding where they want to find their information and those sorts of things. And and look, for a lot of teachers, it's been a hard transition to mm-hmm. go from something that they are so used to and something that you know they were trained to be the expert to coming across now to this new style of, of teaching where you know we don't expect them to know everything, but we do expect them to be able to help their students find the knowledge. Exactly. Yeah. You also have another Arduino project that is maybe not about education or mm-hmm. not for teachers, but would you like to share that one? My mm-hmm. little project is I'm in the process of building a full-scale R2-D2. So wow. actual size, um, it's all 3D printed. There's an amazing 3D printed um, AstroMech community, which all share plans and all that sort of stuff. And um, I'm gonna, it's going to all be controlled by an Arduino. So I've got an Arduino that controls all the the motor movements and all those sorts of things, building my own joystick, interfacing the two with a um, a little um, uh, RF chip between the two of them. How big it is? Yeah, it is is full size. size. It is real size. So what you see on the movie, it is that big. 
and yeah. you know it's controlled by a couple of scooter motors that'll will drive it around but the idea that i can build this you know i'm i'm not industrial light and magic you know working with disney or anything like that but i have the resources to be able to build a full size r2d2 and actually drive it around and again the electronics aren't complicated you know there's a little mm -hmm. bit to do and it's, i certainly won't say it's easy but there's nothing that you know regular people can't wrap their head around so again that's why i love all this arduino stuff you know it makes it so accessible to people yeah. yeah we want to see it in action then when it's finalized when it's finalized <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's going to be a little while i'm hoping by yeah. maybe the end of the year maybe by the end nice. of the year but maybe forward. next year yeah, yeah. It, yeah it's been a nice nice. little project mm -hmm. yeah it looks like that it, it's nice what you said that you only need at the beginning maybe some little successes and then from yes. there your com your confidence like boost and then you say oh now i can build whatever i want so yeah exactly and like the world is your oyster in terms of what's out there the, the sensors the actuators and the fact that it's so easy to plug them together and write a bit of code to make stuff work is it's just incredible yeah it's amazing what can you do right yeah <laughs> You have shared a bunch of different tips and uh, yeah. for teachers to get started with uh, programming or with Arduino, but is there something that you would like to add or something that you would like to recommend for the teachers to check out? Look, just just get started. Like make an LED blink. That's the first thing I do with every teacher and every kid. The example code in the um, Arduino IDE is well commented and just making it blink. And it's amazing to see the kids, you know, the, the smile on their faces and teachers when I teach teachers, because I spend a lot of time working with novice teachers and they see this light blink and you say, all right, the light's blinking. Now make it blink faster. And this light bulb goes off in their head that they are in control, that they can control mm -hmm. the code. They can, you know, they change two or three different numbers and all of a sudden this thing is blinking faster because they controlled it too. I think that's really, really powerful for them. And so my advice is always just get started. Like don't jump into the deep end and do big, crazy projects. Just make an LED blink. And when you make yeah. one LED blink, you then make two LEDs blink. And mm -hmm. when you make two LEDs blink, you make 10 LEDs blink. Mm -hmm. And it's like we said before, just these little wins and you just slowly build up your, your toolkit in terms of what you're capable of doing. And then all of a sudden the kids will go, oh, can I combine this and this and make a this? And you go, yeah, go, mm -hmm. go do it. And, and just giving them the, you know, the, the confidence to go and do that once they've just picked up a few small skills. So yeah, my, my biggest advice is look, just jump in. There are so many great tutorials out there. There are so many great kits out there that have, you know, that are based on Arduino that come with their own curriculum. Um, the, the Adafruit tutorials are amazing. And so, you know, just work your way through them. Um, it, it's, yeah, just get started. If the audience, they're not, not been listening to you, and they find you really interesting like we do where should they go to follow you where can they find more information about your work all right so best place to get me is a couple different places so facebook yep. is fantastic where i put a lot of my work stuff so facebook.com slash damien key just do a search for damien key robots or anything like that that'll pop up um, mm -hmm. i'm in linkedin a little bit so if you want to see some more stuff a little bit deeper in terms of you know pedagogy and why we do these sorts of things a little bit of stuff on on there I've just recently joined Instagram to put up some kind of projects that don't fit in my work education side of things. So building some, you know, Lego stuff and robots and, and that sort of stuff. So jump into Instagram, do a search for Damien Key and, you know, you'll find me through there. Um, my website, www.damienkey.com. There's a contact form in there. I am happy to answer questions about anything at any time. 
I, I love getting questions because that means you're doing stuff. If you're doing mm -hmm. stuff and you're sending me questions, it means you're trying something. And so yeah. that makes me really happy. So please send me emails. I'll help out wherever I can. Send me code snippets of what you're trying to do in class. And I'm, I'm happy to, to, to debug or, you know, talk through different, um, you know, complicated things. But yeah, just reach out and just know that as teachers, often our technology teachers, there might be only one or two in a school. They don't have many people to bounce ideas off, but we have this amazing community out there of teachers doing Arduinos in schools. So just reach out. There are lots of us out there ready to help you. That's true. Thank you so much for your social media and your recommendations. Really good, really useful. So you're not alone, teachers. Yeah. <laughs> you're not. Reach out. You're not Contact alone. <laughs> yeah. So th thank you so much, Damien, for your time and your insights. Very interesting conversation. I think teachers will find it very useful. Thank you so much for the chance to talk to you, your, your listeners. I, I love watching the, the Edivision every season it comes out. And it's, yeah, it's just great to be a part of it. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you, Damien. See you later. And we want to see the R2D2 ready. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'll let you know. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye. Bye. That's it for the first episode. Next week, we will talk about open source and maker education with our special guest, Nathalie Duponcel, a certified teacher and a doctoral candidate in educational technology at Concordia University in Montreal. That's right. And also, don't forget to tune in this Thursday night at 5 p.m. Central European Summertime to the first live episode of Edubition season number four, new season, on our YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn channels, where we will share some other cool projects for you. See you there.